Hello, colleagues, and welcome to We Will Get Through This, Transformative Leadership for Disruptive Times. I'm Scott Immig, along with my colleague, John Fischetti. We're really pleased you've taken the time to join us for episode 28. John, we're at 28. Can you believe it? Yeah, you know, I measure my park runs because I'm at 299 and stuck during COVID, Scott. And for those around the world that don't know, Park Run is a weekly free event where you just walk or run or hobble a 5K. And I've been stuck at 20, 299 for 21 weeks. That's how long we've been in doing this in our part of Australia. So if you needed to know, I'm keeping track because that's how many non-Park Runs I've done. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, John, we, we, we have a bit of a conversation this week about the fact that, um, you know, here in Australia and around the world, there is a tremendous amount of uncertainty. It, it feels like, it feels you know like we continue on this trajectory where we're just not quite sure where we're going. And as the other shoes dropping, you know, it continues to drop every day with the, with the, the new case around the corner or the new questions about. You know, a lot of people have questions now about job security in this situation. Um, here at the university, we're wrestling with those same same dilemmas. And I, I heard a, a psychologist earlier today talking about how uncertainty is actually gasoline for anxiety. And, you know, I'm sure you're seeing it in, in your role as well. How are, you, how are your people hanging in or how are you helping people hang in? Well, I think that is the topic we wanted to cover off today is the leaders who are listening to this or deputy principals, principals, um, any of those of you writing in different organizations, but who have people you work with and for, but also who you're responsible for. I think most everybody's done um, with COVID and wished it would just go away. And mm -hmm. we now have this thing as a part of our normal life. It is not going away. It's very likely we'll be dealing with this now as a new reality in our mix of things like seasonal flu and the diseases that have haunted mankind since we understood disease. That's a really hard thing to take on because we want to go back maybe not all the way back, but we want to go back where we didn't have this stress in our lives and we we're always wondering and uh, worrying. So I think the real issue is how do we help our staff and our colleagues just understand, first of all, the new normal that we are in, that normal X I've been talking about, mm -hmm. as well as to be able to breathe uh, through this next several weeks. Because in most of the world right now, I think it's every continent except Antarctica, is actually probably going backwards. Uh, on the meaning it's growing again if it had been sort of gone backwards one time or it hasn't ever been let up phase one is wave one is still happening I think the hardest thing is to help each other understand the reality of it and, and hang in and I think we just wanted to offer a little bit of advice on that for those in leadership roles where you're responsible for helping other people do their job but also feel good about doing their job I think that's exactly right. And I, I think what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing a lot um, are people who are leaders who are having interactions with their people and have, walking away feeling like it didn't go well, walking away feeling like things kind of escalated really quickly. And yeah, exactly right. It's important for all of us to realize that, you know, that interaction we're having, everybody's bringing a lot to that conversation. And it's that thing about really being mindful about we, we don't know what's happening in everybody's lives. You know, we, some, in some ways, we feel like we're dealing with this. We're all going through this together. Um, but we also all have very different life experiences that 
you know, they're playing a, that are playing a role. So, so part of it, what we have to do as, as leaders is we have to help, um, we have to help those people around us recognize this reality that, that each of us are, are wrestling with different baggage, but also, also recognizing ourselves that when we engage with others, we have to be extremely mindful of, of the effects of our words and the effects of our body language. Yep. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that everything you just said is so thoughtful. Um, the reality at most universities is right now, and I know our audience isn't our university colleagues around the world, but virtually all of our staff wonder if their job could be on the line. In our own particular university, we're going through some restructuring where the people around me who theoretically I'm responsible for all have that in mind. And in every interaction, they're needing support to know, is it going to be okay? Because we have people's lives and well-being on the line. In the school sector, every day, our teachers, teacher heroes and leader heroes are putting their lives on the line, just being at school in what is impossible to monitor social isolation you know, centers. And they're doing amazing work. Learning's continuing. And if you're doing that online around the world, you're just creating amazing uh, opportunity for kids to still be on great trajectories. But in the back of your mind, you're worried. Mm -hmm. Going to the shop, you're worried. Do you wear the mask right? You're worried. Does that one person, the one person? And in that, if you're worried about your health, you're worried about your job, you're worried about your family, that's extended now for five months. It's not just five months more. It's at least a year more, probably. And I think that's where also we're, we're each having to give each other the break that we're taking this personally, even though, as you said, we're all going through it together. So mm -hmm. I've found the only thing we can do is to try to be as transparent as possible about what we know and to not forget the basic stuff. Uh, for example, there's four lines of defense that we can do until there's a vaccine. One is to stay home if it's possible or to stay away from large gatherings where there might be lots of potential for, for spreading. The, the, the second is social uh, distancing, which is you know a meter and a half or three or four feet away from one another, other places say a little further. Um, you know, the third is then to wash our hands and be really clean so because we keep touching ourselves. And, and the fourth are the masks. So we, when people talk about masks and not realizing, well, that's the fourth thing, which is just really because if I have a cold or flu, that prevents you from getting it. If I have COVID, that may prevent you from getting it. So it's out of respect for you, I do that. Not necessarily in the sense of selfish, like the other things might be, not giving it to yourself. I find I have to repeat that all the time or people aren't reminding ourselves what we're in for here. We don't have a vaccine. We got to do these four things. And if we do them, we'll be all right. I think, I think, so you're right. We have to continually remind about those behaviors because those behaviors are, we're not doing it just for ourselves. We're doing it for everybody around us. But the other thing that we have to do as leaders is, you know, I'm going to come back to something you said a minute ago, because you said as a leader, you know, what you do is you try to be as transparent as possible. And one of the things I think you do really well, and I think that it's one of those things that um, leaders around the world really need to be mindful of, it's being transparent about what you know, but you have to do it with empathy. And I think we see too many examples of people who simply share the information they have without in any way showing a sense of concern or care, um, a sense of we're in this together. And, and that's vitally important. That may be the best tip that we can have is that human compa uh, compassion that's vital right now. And 
you can't walk in other people's shoes, but you can relate to the fact that this is really, really hard. And it isn't going to get easier, particularly for those that sacrifice so much already. I'm thinking of single moms out there who are trying to work and get their kids through online school, whose job would be on the line if they miss more time away. And yet their school has just called and you got to go home and take them home mm -hmm. because there could be COVID in your school. I mean, that's pressure that you can't even imagine. And so the arbitrariness in which many institutions have responded in the past has to be put aside. We just got to be really sympathetic to everyone that includes people we interact with in the shops and the in the stores and who do a lot of the the work behind the scenes for us because they've been putting themselves at risk just to keep things going with without the extra pay you know in australia for example there's 13 million workers 40 percent of us are knowledge workers meaning most of what we can do can be moved to wherever we are and mm. working from home is no uh, big inconvenience it might not be desirable 40% of those doctors, those nurses, those teachers, those bus drivers, those clerks, those folks in shops that are keeping things open so we can buy our food or the, the dentist's office so we can still get treatment if we need it. Those 40% on average make 40% less than the first category. So financially, as you were saying earlier, are really under pressure. And, and um, then there's another 20% who are underemployed so they're really doing menial work that's always being able to be sacrificed or they're unemployed, which means they're really on the government's back just trying to survive. So right now, the 40% of us who have the flexibility to be in knowledge work where we can shift it are actually um, taking advantage of those 40 who were taking care of us during this time. And that empathy is really crucial uh, because those are uh, the people keeping keeping us going, including our teachers. Mm -hmm. That's a hundred percent right. So I think, you know, we, you've, you've stressed the, the behaviors that will help to, you know, keep this pandemic at bay. It will at least help to keep, you know, minimize the spread. We've stressed this notion of empathy. Empathy is huge. You have to have it. You have to share it. You, you know, you got to fake it to make it. If it's, if you're not feeling it, it's still important. And then the, um, the other thing I think we just need to continually remind those people, because we talked about people who are on the edge. The other thing I think we have to continually remind people is those things that we've talked about from the very beginning. And there are some behaviors that everybody can be doing for themselves that keep you sane in this world, you know, keep you sane right now. And, you know, it's, it's going back and making sure we stick to our routines. So encourage your people, you know, try and stick to your routines. You know, it's those, it's those healthy habits. It's that good sleep it's the eating you know it's doing things right and and the other thing i think is um it's encouraging our people to continually seek out positive stimulation as well you know it's it's the new book it's the new podcast it's it's the new hobby and then the you know the third thing that i i think is vitally important is encouraging our people to continue to socialize it may look very different now but it can socialize like this you can socialize over zoom you can socialize over the phone um, you can have a cup of coffee at a distance, you know, it's, it's okay. But I think, you know, we just need to continually remind our people about the importance of, you know, of staying engaged and staying stimulated and staying healthy. Yeah, absolutely great. Fantastic information. I was thinking about schools all around New South Wales and probably around the country of Australia and around all the other continents. They may have just finished this process, but they're going through a strategic plan. They have to write down their goals for their school plan for the next year or two. It's 2020, 2023, or 24, 25, whatever you got to do. 
And I'm hoping that our colleagues aren't just resorting to the old way we do things. We'll raise test scores, you know, we'll comply to this rule, we'll, we'll make, meet all the requirements and mandates of ministers or secretaries of education. Because obviously, yeah, we got to do that. But mm -hmm. I would think those should be really results of what you were saying, not the purpose. The purpose of a school is to bring people together with experts, we'll call them teachers, mm -hmm. who help drive an incredible learning environment to which the cognitive capacity of kids just can't help themselves. They just get inspired to go for it. But it's in a caring and loving environment that makes you want um, to, to celebrate our humanness rather than you know, as a testing factory or mm -hmm. a traditional industrial factory. If that's the case, then I think the plan ought to start with there. And maybe that's what we could bring to this is mm -hmm. we've learned how much our ability to be together is so vital for our humanness. And shouldn't we start by creating a culture of belonging and, and well-being and care? And in doing so, we're going to build an academic setting where we want every kid to really be well equipped to be successful in their future, but let them define that success. Uh, and it's going to take some basic literacy, numeracy, and some content areas. We get that. But th that shouldn't be the driving force. It's the kind of place we want to be. And if we are, then that can sustain us in times like this, because this is just a dress rehearsal for whatever next catastrophe is coming through to planet Earth, the big asteroid or the unknown boogeyman we haven't met yet. And so I think if we can build those places, the resiliency we get from that isn't a negative resiliency of infection control. It's actually one of care for mm -hmm. each other and particularly our children who deserve just to be so optimistic about the future. And I think that's if we could prioritize one task from sort of today's podcast, yeah. it would be take all those academic things, put them three, four, five or 11. But number one or number two about the kind of place you want to build and make that the centerpiece of it. And in doing so, that just gets a positive vibe that might get us through the next week where we're not just writing a boring report or one we just hope the next principal is actually responsible for. I think that's, that's wonderful. Um, so our listeners out there, you know, I, I, so just simply engaging in the reflection around care and then engaging in conversations with your colleagues, you know, you come in, talk to your teachers, talk to your staff, you know, Talk to your teachers about how are you going to infuse an ethic of care into your classroom? How can you infuse an ethic of care into your pedagogy? How can a leader infuse an ethic of care with the community? Just simply engaging in that conversation takes that to get the ball rolling. Yeah, and I tried out what I rec we recommended in our last episode, and I hope others will if they haven't. And I've just, I get to see so many people in a given day, in a given week, that I'm able to thank them or celebrate them, maybe not in the ways I would like, but hopefully they know I care about them. But I've tried to say, okay, today, what three people haven't I heard from or think I need to get in touch with? And I've just sent them a little note if I haven't had a chance to call them and just said, how's it going? You're all right. Or thanks. I just read about this. Fantastic. That's, a, that's amazing. Uh, thanks for what you're doing. And the pay it forward ripple has been where they've come back and said, oh, thanks, and here's something else, and I learned about their daughter, and I, I'm going to recommend, it's, it's the old teacher strategy of catch them being good. Yes. Uh, but find three colleagues who you haven't had the chance to formally say, thanks for what you're doing, or are you okay, or how's your mom going in the aged care facility, and see how that unleashes a positiveness and a care that uh, you almost have to force yourself to, because in your little network, you've been probably doing it well. Expand that, and it only takes three minutes, one minute times three to reach out and you've, you've actually retouched into people who you care about, love, 
uh, or respect and uh, reestablish that connection. You'll feel good about it. It's probably better than, you know, the rerun of whatever you were watching on Netflix anyway. Um, and uh, enjoy the opportunity to reconnect. I'm not saying through Facebook or social media, we're probably doing enough of that. I'm in direct phone, email, or other kind of contact where you personally reach out to them and individualize that response. Wonderful. John, as always, I, I enjoyed the conversation. I think we've, um, we've, we've given our listeners a few things to think about and a few ideas to take forward. I'm, I'm anxious to hear how, how they um, put these in place and get a little feedback. Yeah, we really do want everybody to look out for themselves and their teams and also to help those who are really going through it hard find the support that they need. There's a lot of supports in the community for excess alcohol use or real anxiety or depression or people who might be really going hard on this. Make sure we get them the real professional support and we don't try to provide that not being the experts. We do have some people who need real direct support. So you may have to go to that level. It's not a formal intervention. It's really just reaching out and getting them the expert advice and those folks are there to help that's what they do um, so don't be shy to tell someone it doesn't you know it's not going well how can i help you find that support that is from those experts that uh, we're not qualified to to kind of be at this time exactly important advice all right scott thanks this has been episode 28 if we will get through this scott and i wish you all well and we'll look forward to seeing or you hearing us next time goodbye